welcome to the WIP12 podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, or OBSCUS in ITS, and I'm joined today by my fellow host, Kyle. Uh, what's your zoink? Hello, hello. <laughs> Yoink 101. Yoink 101. Uh, today, it's a, we have a double host event instead of a host and guest, and uh, we're going to be talking about the final Pano sec- sectorial. Uh, I believe we were, it was supposed to be the first one we talked about, but delays. Uh, so today yeah. we're going to talk about the great uh, shock army of Aconte Cemento, uh, one of what two discontinued or out of print uh, Pano factions. Yeah, I think so. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with the next box that's coming out, but NCA could be back. That that is true. I've you know you see I'm seeing the the rumors slash wish listing of NCA right. or ISS. Uh, I'd love to see ISS, but uh, Shock Army could come back too. We never know. Yeah. Realistically, they had the like new. They had fairly new models when they went out of print. Yeah, it was a real interesting time, especially because they never did the Acontismental Regulars box, and so there's no hacker model. And uh, uh, I guess it did have Spitfire Sniper and the Combi Rifle, so everybody else. It, that was a weird starter box. We can get into that, I guess, maybe a bit when we talk about some background on Shock yeah. Army. But before that, the we can catch up a bit. How? What have you been up to lately in the uh, the realm of Infinity Hobby or hobby in general? Yeah, well, I I just had uh, a year of Pano. I did some Shock Army, about six months of military orders. And then when the fire team changes dropped, I played Verd because I wanted to see if the composition bonuses, how how much I could take that. And then I I had a feeling that the value of skirmishers went up. And uh, I think the values of skirmishers went up and, and Zulu Cobras have been rocking it. But now that uh, Black Wind is up and Steel Phalanx has changed, I'm back on Aleph. I put mm-hmm. together the Marut this morning and it is... It is absolutely gorgeous, and I know that people have been saying, oh, the details aren't as sharp, and I don't know. I'm looking at it. Those details are real sharp. It, it's but. funny. One of our local guys bought it, got is in a couple weeks ago, and we opened the box, and we were looking at it, and we were all like, I don't know. These, we're, we were impressed by how sharp the details look. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's still hit and miss. Uh, I know they've been I working and mastering their system, and it seems to be only getting better. So it is... Yeah. Thing. I, I am liking this trend, it seems, in Alif to go... They they seem to be getting more and more anime. Like, the Maru, yeah. pretty anime tag. The things we're seeing out of Steel Phalanx just have, you know, very nice you know Greek uh-huh. themes, but also some pretty anime-looking troops. Um, yeah. Including the uh, the Agamemnon tag that they showed the dossier for. That... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Eudoros has got a little of that kind of, uh, you know, very, very chiseled handsome anime guy kind of look going and the robot parts so it, mm-hmm. it sort of fits too and uh that whatever that that new unit too that they uh mm-hmm. was it the mckay mckay or yeah whatever they are yeah. Th- those also were pretty uh cool so yeah, yeah that's that's nice so so the year of pano is done for you and now it's the uh year of alif yeah i mean you know who knows maybe the eternity of alif i, I may never leave the the hidden Hidden deployment of Gimas are going to keep me around for a while. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I'm 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 playing Caledonia a bit right now, getting ready for a tournament, and the idea of hidden deployment MSV two is something that I've always 
had my my Caledonians have always had nightmares of such a thing existing and have uh-huh. luckily been able to be woken up and reminded that no no MSV two MSV two hidden deployment doesn't exist. Uh, right. But that yeah. Uh, be be very wary of that lone myrmidon standing on top of a building. Or be be very wary of uh, uh, you know any Atalanta or <laughs> TR bot set up somewhere because right. who knows what's hiding behind it. Yeah. Uh, so what are you what are you playing now? What are you working on? I've been working on trying to actually get full armies painted instead of my normal problem of jumping around. Uh, so I've cool. been working, and anyone that follows my cast or uh, like Bromad Academy, I've been working on getting my O12 uh, pretty much Starmada. I've been primarily doing Starmada things painted up. Um, so I've been playing them been playing shock army a bunch because they're a mostly painted up faction i can play a few lists that are fully painted so that is good for me um and then as i was saying recently just for an upcoming tournament um decided to break my caledonians back out because they're fully painted except for caden and new uxia but i have old wolvers and old uxia to use (laughs) for playing in person I, I, she's coming up on uh, almost as many models as Joan now, isn't she? It's true. In the course of like a year and a half, two years, she got like three models. Yeah, three, four models. Because if you when you because you can't defiance and then all that. So that's uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, I've been cutting back a bit on painting. I've been having some issues with my arms, and uh, I need Ooh. to ease back. Apparently, on fine detail work, which is annoying, but. Uh, should be able to get stuff done for the quarter. So, it is nice going back to Caledonia. Yeah. This, Not this needing whole to worry getting about older trips. thing is uh yeah. This whole getting older thing and, and finding parts of my body failing is really not <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> no, it's it's not the it's not the best. Uh and and mine going slower. It's been nice going to Caledonia. There's no tricks in Caledonia really, you know? You throw some smoke, you run at them, you hit them with your swords. Maybe you try and shoot them, you'll probably lose that, but it got you closer to hit them with your sword, so... Uh, yeah, I seem to remember them having a couple of uh, pretty nasty camo, long-range T2 snipers and missile launchers, though. Yeah, I've never... I, I do like Catarounds, because they're so damn cheap that even when they inevitably don't hit anything, or mm-hmm. end up just dying, you're not losing much. It's like 24 yeah. points or something, 21 points in, in SWC. I've never been able to really get behind the Scotsguard missile launcher. Um, okay. It's I just always find it too expensive. For That's fair. ultimately, it ends up hitting just as well as Cataran, and I don't really trust either of them to hit, especially in <laughs> Aero. So um, yeah, thirty-five points, a one and a half SWC. I I always find the missile hard to swing. Um, yeah, that's fair. That said, Caledonia has a lot of other fun things now with. Sometimes it's hard to... The only faction that when I list build, sometimes I'm having trouble getting enough points in instead of, you know... You sometimes near the end, you're like, okay, I need to trim to fit these last things in. Caledonia halftime, I'm like, oh, I have these extra nine points. I don't really want to upgrade any of these things. Okay, right. let's find right. a place for these nine points because, you know, a lot of... McMurrow got cheaper. Cameronians are only 20 yes. points now. We can't just bring an extra. Even even Galwegians got cheaper going into N four, right? <laughs> like they they went down to five points. It wasn't needed, but they yeah. did. So, uh, 
it's uh so it's a weird feeling to not want to spend extra points because it's like eh, i don't really want to bring that more mare uh <laughs> they're better now and i like them but unless i'm building a harris out of them i don't find it often worth it so it's, it's this weird dance of balancing points and uh how many dogs do you bring versus galwegians so right uh, right but it's good fun smoke cc also, oh. people don't expect it anymore. You don't need to engage in the hacking game. Right. It's it's like the opposite of Pano. It's the opposite of Pano, exactly. And our and our specialists even have better whip than them. So. Right. Except for Shock Army. Right. Shock we'll Army's doing great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess there's nothing really else to talk about unless you have anything you want to add or. Uh, we just got past Gen Con when we were recording this, so we came. We got to see the uh, top ten most efficient factions, which uh, I believe Pano was completely absent from. And yep. uh, I guess for the purpose of today's talk, Shock Army was fairly low down on that list in terms of popularity, which yeah, do- doesn't surprise me. Uh, not because they aren't a good faction, but they're they're they were never particularly, I think highly played and they're out of print so yeah. it doesn't surprise me they don't see a lot although interestingly they do rank higher than winter force yeah that surprised did me surprise me yeah because you'd think with winter force being you know the newest faction uh you'd see them more maybe maybe it was people that were like you know i'm not going to play winter four until the car hoop bot comes out um i mean that that could be i uh I did make a, a Bagmari with a, a Feuerbach, you know, a year and a half ago, whenever that profile came out, and uh, I've been sitting on that, but I could see not wanting to go through that process. Yeah. So we'll see, because that model is now been revealed and slated to release, so maybe we'll see a spike in Winter 4. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Pano being completely absent from Top 10, uh, not surprising, but... Uh... You know, it's, it's missing tools, and I think... Uh, as the game sits right now, that plus one BS over other armies, A, isn't always a reality, and is is not quite the powerhouse that it might have been. And so it, you know, it, it just means that Pano is playing without some utility. That's very true. Especially with seeing things like uh, Hakislam and then Alephin's combined army getting up into that 14, 14 range at least that uh, in a number of profiles yeah. um, while still having actual tools um, mm-hmm. it gets to it. But I think that's a good transition because in my mind, in my I find that shock army has a few more tools often yeah. than a lot of the other pano. Um, yeah. So why don't we transition into talking about what we're here to talk about today, which is uh, the shock army of Aconte Cemento. Sounds like a plan. Cool. So, first, I guess giving some high-level thoughts. What What are you? What are your high-level views or you know thoughts on this faction? So, I guess the way I think of them, and some of it is certainly tainted by my N three experience because I played them a lot in N three. They feel much more like a guerrilla army than anything else that Pano has to offer. Mm-hmm. Right, they are they are cagey. They are trying to avoid those direct confrontations in the same way that 
say an Aquila Guard or a Swiss Guard are really trying to dive into. That said, uh, a core-linked Bagmari is one of the top, I mean, you know, it's it's a top-tier gunfighter. Mimetism and MSV-1 are phenomenal together. They can outshoot um, uh, Kamau uh, as long as it's not the sniper, and then even then, they're pretty close to parity. Um, and so having having both access to an incredible amount of mines uh, and a lot of mimetism and a couple of very good camouflage units means that they have the capacity to play a cagey game, but also uh, can hit really hard when when that's needed or when the time comes. Yeah, I agree. I I used to always joke uh, with some of my locals that Shock Army isn't actually a Pan-O faction. It's actually a weird high-tech Cal- uh, Ariadnan faction that lost its smoke because yeah. a lot of the times they do fight in that market uh, you know, rely on mimetism, trying to be cagey, uh, way than that straight up having higher ballistic skill. And and unlike a lot of uh, Pano sectorials, a lot of the Bagmer, uh, shock army in general, their BS isn't actually that fantastic, right? Yeah. Even the Bogmari, you know, which is you know our equivalent to the Bolt or Kamau or Karhu, like the, the you know that type of troop. They're all very similar looking um the bogmarie are the only ones that aren't ballistic skill 13 they're only right. ballistic skill 12 um which is you know it means that they're good shots but they're not they don't have that just high bs that other uh troops have and you know the only right. real the big difference is every single one of them has that mimetism and msv yes um, not msv2 like some others but uh, it's it's a bit of a product of that older faction thing. You have the Karhu and you have the um, Kamau that came out more recently when CB seemed to be doing this thing where they'd say, okay, only the like big one of the big guns will actually have to spend the cost on visors. Right. The rest of the group guys won't actually be spending the points on that. Right, and I I don't know I I like the Kamau a lot and. Part of it is nostalgia, but there is there's a special place in my heart for Bagmari, and having access to that visor has, I mean, it's it's a it's a great tool to have. I, I think the pairing of MSV one and Mimetism together is typically a very good and relatively cost effective pairing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some other thoughts I think that are good to say. You already said the mines. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm. Shock Army just has mines everywhere. You you don't even yeah. expect it. Even one of their tags randomly has mines. Right. Um, they like mines. Not necessarily a lot of midfield mines, but they just they just have mines on troops, which is uh, it, it it can take people by surprise. Um, another yeah. big thing I uh, very important part of the Shock Army more so than some other factions that have. Uh, Alif troops added in is Shock Army has some very good Alif units available to it mm-hmm. and some Alif units that you'll see often. You know, other factions might have a Alif troop here or there, but maybe they aren't really something you want to bring a lot. Where Shock Army has, I I I find most Shock Armies have at least one, you know, Alif agent somewhere in the uh, in the list. Right. Um. And I guess the one just broad thing that I'd like to, I, you know, I want to point out to people, and I know it takes people by surprise, is Shock Army is surprisingly 
good at the hacking game. Um, yeah. I think Pano in general often isn't the strongest in the hacking game. One, because, you know, you, your base troops are, you know, your base hackers are often with, are with 12. Uh, Shock Army base troops are with 13. Uh, again, pointing towards them being an Ariadna faction, not a Pano faction. Um, um, but between that, between um, having, uh, what are they called, Fast Pandas on their line, yep. Troop Hackers, having access to Scylla, who is a fantastic hacker who also brings a BS-12 pitcher as well as repeater bots. Um, and yep. then also, you know, further into the Aleph realm, they also get Naga Hackers and Naga Killer Hackers, which are, uh, they're expensive, but they're very solid you know, dogged, wit 14, camo specialist in the midfield. So, something that often Pano kind of wishes they had was, you know, a very solid, high whip midfield specialist. And that's kind of what Shock Army gets in that regard. So right. I, I know I had a number of occasions where people were surprised at how effective the hacking and the hacking net even can be for Shock Army. Yeah, and I think it's important to note just like all pano sectorials and vanilla pano and now a couple of na2 armies peacemakers are a huge mm. piece of that having a repeater in the midfield at the beginning of the game even though it can make your hackers more vulnerable if you're playing someone who is who's very good at leveraging that and has the right tools it's still a very good way to blunt an alpha strike just having the option to arrow with spotlight if it's a heavy infantry or tag making your opponent have to deal with the peacemaker before they can advance those are really powerful tools for for shaping the pace of a game yeah uh, I, I before we get into our good bad and ugly one thing i was asked to point out and that I'm sure we'll talk about as we go through the good, bad, and ugly is one weakness that Shock Army can have at times is um, they can have trouble cracking that very high armor. So hacking is yep. one of the ways you can get around it. Um, but And they have some other tools. But ha being an older faction um, that didn't necessarily get the strongest update moving to N4, they didn't, don't have as much access to AP on weapons outside of... Yeah. Pre, the I, outside of boarding shotguns and multi-snipers, you have to go to the Dragao to get any AP. Right. Uh, I believe is the case. I think maybe there's an SMG somewhere. Uh, there's a few uh, I mean, Dart but... Dart has a little capacity to, to crack armor, mm, and yeah. then if you're playing with the, the Guardo de Assalto, that one has a multi-rifle, which is BS-15 yeah. and, and pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So th there's a few tools throughout, um, but you don't have there's no, not as many big, clear, this is my anti-armor right. thing. Uh, and it's something right. you kind of need to think of. Um, but other than that, uh, unless you have some more general thoughts on the faction, how about we switch over to the, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Let's do it. Okay. Um, would you like to start by giving your first uh, good? Sure. Uh, I... Th You've got regulars here as the first one, but I'm going to jump ahead to Bagmari because uh, they are they are a unit that are near and dear to my heart for many reasons. Um, the shotgun update for N4 uh, made me terribly sad, mostly because of the shotguns on on Bagmari. Uh, for those of you who missed N3, you used to be able to hit your teardrop template and have it start at the point where you hit a model. So you could do some real tricky shenanigans where you kind of shot unconscious models around corners and yeah. caught guys out of line of fire. It was, it was 
terrible. And that um, would be face to face too. Yes. And it's it's not I don't I don't think it's good for the game. I think the the decision they made for N4 is probably better for the game, but it did make me a little sad to see it go away. Mm-hmm. I guess quickly um, but, quickly yeah. just before you quickly just for people that might not be so familiar with Bogmarie, I think one of the reasons you're mentioning like sh- uh, shotgun is outside of the HMG and the sniper profile uh, they kind of have a bit of a Hakistan thing going on here, where they all have combi rifles and light shotguns. Yeah, and it's it's a really good set of weapons. Having access to a direct template is very rare in Pano. Uh, I like that you have the combi rifle and not just a rifle, because sometimes you do want the higher burst in that zero to eight inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you want the high bonus from the shotgun, but it sort of you know depends on what you're looking at. Uh, Bagmari, like we mentioned before, they're BS12 um, and Whip 13. Other than that, they're pretty standard for medium infantry. Not great at CC. Biz is only 11, Arm 2, BTS 0. Mm-hmm. And they bring MSV1, Mimetism, and now all of them have the skill number 2. And I think they used to have Terrain Jungle, but now they've got Terrain Total. Yes, I think they and, used to have the choice of terrain jungle or terrain aquatic, and then they just yeah. switched them over terrain total, which in current seasons has been nice with all oh, the yeah. different terrain zones. Yeah, they're uh, just mobile now, which is a whole new thing. Um, the real standout here for me is not only do you have the combi rifle light shotgun combination, uh, you've got a boarding shotgun forward observer with decharges for those objectives. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, it's the HMG and the multi-sniper. Mm-hmm. The HMG just being a powerhouse of an active turn assault piece. I I have run them solo and really enjoyed that. I like them a lot in a Harris. When you want to get that full core bonus, they do well there. And then the multi-sniper is also a mine layer. And so it just is another source of mines that's kind of unexpected. The number mm-hmm. of times I've had, I put that down, had the mine, and then my opponent's gone, wait, the sniper is a mine layer? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, that forward observer is actually very interesting because they're also veteran troops. So between being a forward yes. observer... Having D charges, being a veteran, being medium infantry, there's and having a visor, there's a lot of classifieds that one unit can do. Um, yeah, absolutely. I I used to love the sniper. The sniper was my go-to piece in a defensive team. Uh, lately, I've been moving away since the fire team update, just because of how pure bonuses work. Um, yeah. And sometimes I've been finding myself leaning towards the regular sniper, who we'll get to, but. Uh, definitely yeah. having that shock mines is it's again pointing to that pan- area you know shock army has a lot of mines also a lot of yeah. you know rel- actually zero swc mine layers right it's still a 1.5 yeah. swc it's effectively getting the mine layer for free uh and you know shock army likes having just a bunch of random mines uh, right the hmg is also solid gun piece um the fire team update i think helped it in some ways uh, which yeah. I think we'll talk more with fire teams later, but uh, they they gave the HMG some really interesting Harrises that it can join into. Um, yes, and some some interesting flexible Harris teams, which is exciting and uh, kind of nice. Breathe some light. Is there anything else yeah. you want to talk about in terms of Bogmarie? Uh no, I think that's about it. Yeah, they're very they're they're one of I think the, like the classic figurehead units of the faction which Mm -hmm. uh, i'm glad that they are still solid yeah 
So now that we've talked about them, uh, we'll go back up and talk about uh, regulars who uh, I like to say are they're the least regular line <laughs> infantry in the game. Uh, yes. And, and the main reason for that is, and this is true of all of Shock Army, but especially clear in the regulars, the regulars have the weirdest sets of kit. Um, yes. Explaining my lists to people when I'm playing to them, like, okay, this is what my things have. Uh, when you get to the regular fire team, it's like, okay, here's the list of what these random profiles seem to have. So the base profile isn't, you know, too much special. Uh, it, it's a pano line infantry, so it is BS12, which is nice, uh, especially because you can get that nice BS15 and a core link pretty easy. Um, the big thing about them that's interesting is that they're actually whip 13, unlike the Fusiliers everyone else gets. Uh, and to get that extra point of whip, they have zero arm instead of the one arm. But right, you know. they took off their hats. Now they're free thinking, but they're also less and well sleeves. They also took off their yes. sleeves. Yes, uh, they are the Katachans for for the 40k <laughs> players out there. Um, so the really interesting thing comes in their kit. So you know, just like a, a fusilier, you have your basic combi rifle or basic combi rifle lieutenant for just 10 points, but in some ways better with 13. So that's pretty standard. Uh, they don't have an HMG profile. They only have a Spitfire profile. Um, and then they have a paramedic, which is, you know, just combi rifle paramedic. I got those ones out of the way first because after those, everything is weird sets of kit. Um, Actually, the, the forward observer is the same kit that the, the Fusilier forward observer has. Oh, is it? Uh, they okay. both, yeah, they both do have the deployable repeater, which is not common amongst other armies, but it is it is the same as the Fusilier. Okay. It shows my uh, how much I play a lot of the other Pano factions. Okay, so the four observers set, uh, basic or is for Pano. So the other right. three big profiles are you have uh, your hacking device, your your sniper, and your uh, weird mine layer sensor guy. So let's yeah. do him first. So this is one of my favorite profiles for a line troop. It's 13 points. You get mine layer, no SWC. So it's a zero SWC mine layer that you can just spam as much as you want to for 13 points. So that's yep. already great. It has triangulated fire, which is an, a, an amazing skill, um, especially with the changes to active turn dodging so that you can actually get in fire, have him in a link to get that extra burst, uh, and your BS-12. So you can shoot anyone you can see, no matter how far away, on a nine, four shots. It can definitely get right. you out of some sticky situations if you're going up against, you know, mid minus six guys on suppression and cover type of thing and then right. finally it has sensor which is just a great skill uh i i do miss my sniffers from n3 days but if your opponent has camo or you're afraid about some hidden guys as you move one of these guys up towards the middle you just pop out a sensor anyone in eight gets discovered or you know people forget it also just gives you a blank plus six to discover, even if you're just doing a line of fire discover, um, which right. coupled with pure bonuses means before factoring in, you know, magnetism range, all that stuff, you're, you get a plus nine, which makes them very good at discovering things. Yes. Uh, the next exciting one, and this is who's replaced the Bogmary sniper in a lot of my teams, is the multi-sniper sapper. So it's BS-12, and the big thing that he has is... Er, uh, is that they bring Sapper, which is a very uncommon skill that essentially 
you know, being able to set up in cyberspace means you don't need to worry about where you are in terms of cover because you just get cover and you get mimetism and you get courage. And it's just an, an annoying, fairly cheap piece to just shift. Um, it shoots as well as the Bogmarie as long as the thing doesn't have mimetism. That's the main difference, right? They're both BS12. Right. They both have mimetism because of cyber state. The only thing is it's missing is that MSV one. Um, but yeah. it other... is eight points cheaper as well. Yeah, that's you lose mine layer and you lose the mines, uh, and you but... lose the armor and you lose the armor. Um, great point. So like there's there's definitely a trade off. Um, but and you know since fire team update though the, the the difference in pure bonus to me can help make it up. There have been times yep. I've thought about running both and just having depending on what my opponent ends up fielding, deciding who ends up being, whether whether the Bogmarie Sniper ends up in the fire team or not, just to maintain pure bonuses. If your opponent starts deploying a lot of Mimetism troops, then the Bogmarie, without pure bonuses, is still going to help, you know, outshoot the regular Sniper, right? Yeah. Um, because of the visor. And then the final profile that um, I think makes regulars really interesting um, is the hacker. Uh, so, you know, line infantry whip 13 hacker. It is a whopping one SWC, which is a bit high for line infantry hackers. Um, but there's reasons for that. It's a hacker. It brings a fast panda, which is nice because it's a fairly easy way to just extend your hacking range a bit with that uh, just eight inch run out of uh, pitcher. And yeah. then it also has a grenade launcher, um, which while grenade launchers have lost some they aren't quite as good i think as they used to be uh in terms of losing their plus three band yeah even with you know pure bonuses bs12 being able to spec fire at a minus six out to 24 it can still come in handy at times um it's a pretty solid unit it's still only 16 points which is actually fairly cheap uh the real cost of it comes from the swc so uh, I can't help but love regulars. One because they're very solid troops, but also they're just so weird, right? Like, yeah, it's a weird set of kit. Um, you don't always get all your value, I think, from the sets of kit, but um, it it's just it's just kind of fun. Also, especially the mine layers, just just mm -hmm. starting with a bunch of random camel markers. Everyone knows their mines, but especially for some missions, if someone's trying to hunt down your lieutenant or you know, moving up to zones, just having a bunch of random mines can really help, uh, can really can help, help insulate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's one of the things that I really like about the fire team update for Akon in particular is the fact that you can do a Harris of regulars or the Acontecimento Harris with regulars in it, mm -hmm. because there are, there are some things about these guys that I don't like moving up an aggressive Harris, right? Fizz 10, armor zero. Yeah. But they are cheap. The Spitfire is a fantastic, I mean, it's only 16 points and one SWC. And that is a fantastic point man for an aggressive Harris. Mm -hmm. The mine layer sensor profile begs to be brought up the table because we don't have sniffers anymore. So there is no sensor area. It's just your zone of control. And then the, the hacker is also a model that can do well with moving up the table, right? So if you yeah. really wanted to, you could do a Harris of regulars that you get aggressive with. As soon as somebody brings a shotgun, they're all going to die. But it's still fun while it lasts, and it's super cheap. Yep, and you can mix in 
couple other, uh, you know, a Bogmarie here or there, or, you know, a Machinist yeah. or, or Bulleteer. Um, or even an Orc. Or an Orc. Yeah, exactly. I think like the yeah. the only like Whip Twelve thing that's not a tag in the <laughs> in the faction, the yeah. four orcs. Um, so that's regulars. Um, what else do we have on the good list? Uh, the Knight of Montessa, and this is one I've been playing a lot because it's featured in Verd, in Acon, and in Military Orders. So I've, mm-hmm. I've played it in all of those sectorials recently, and, and, and especially in season thirteen. Yes, yes, and the fact that. Oh, it's missing one of the profiles in vanilla. I think it's the paramedic is missing. Ooh, that's a big one to miss. Um, right. Uh, but the sectorials all have them all. Um, Akon doesn't get the duo of just two Montessa knights that I really enjoyed in the other two sectorials. Mm. But the Montessa is still a really good piece. Um, the Red Fury, the damage is a little bit low. But a BS-13 mimetic bike that now has cover can get into position to catch models out of cover so that damage 13 isn't too bad. Uh, and then even just against low armor targets, just the way to dice, you're going to force enough armor saves that they will eventually fail one or two and go down. Yeah. Um, the and, fact you, that it ha- and you can take a hit back because it's arm four in cover with two wounds. Right, right. Um, and the fact that it is actually good at CC, which is outside of MO, pretty rare for Pano, right? It's CC yeah. 23 with martial arts level two. And so it, it can, you know, go to toe, toe to toe with even some uh, CC specialist because it's got high armor and two wounds. It can take a hit and, and try again. Yep. Um, the multi rifle. Right, right. And get there to break them. Yeah. Um, the multi rifle is. I actually really like because of the AP, it gives it a little more punch. It is a place where a Contesimento can lack. Um, and obviously it's not like an APHMG or an HRMC or something like that, but it is nice to have that option. Uh, it's very good for heavy infantry. It's situationally okay against tags if, if that's really, you know, if you're that desperate. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the boarding shotgun's fine, but the paramedic is nice to have a specialist that can move 8-4. Yeah, that 8-4 whip 13 specialist is something that's really nice to have. Um, yeah, I, I like the Montessa. I, it's it's something I haven't got enough time playing with in person, largely because I haven't assembled and painted it yet. Um, but I, I really yeah. hope... The, I, I hope the bike changes stay. I think they make bikes a lot more interesting in general, but not too powerful. Um, and yeah. the Montessa is definitely a big winner from that. Being able to claim cover oh, yeah. on an armed four uh, unit is a big difference. Yeah, because if you don't have cover, you are effectively arm one. Yep, you're effectively an arm one model in cover. Even the mimetism, yep. right? The, it's it's plus yep. three armor, minus three to hit. It's literally just uh, uh, you're 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 pretty much a fusilier in cover in terms of your defensive ability. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a quick and easy one. Yeah, go for I'm it. I'm going to talk. We're going we're gonna to jump over. You know, I'm going to save all the ALIF stuff until a bit later. This is, Fair. We'll get ALIF out of the way after. So since we were talking about the one test, I think this is a good time to talk about the thing that it can duo with, yep. which is the Teak Balloon, which is the, the first of the Shock Army tags. Um, for those that you don't know the Teak Balloon, it's 
uh, Pano tag, so BS15. Uh, it's a one of the ARM6 tags, BTS6 times tags, structure six, remote presence, uh, all the, the standard um, Pano stuff. Uh, the things that make this tag unique are it gains climbing plus, which is fantastic for getting up on top of buildings where then your six, silhouette six can help you really get people where they aren't expecting you to shoot them. And on yep. top of that, it has mimetism. So you're looking at BS15 gun piece that also has mimetism. So they're very good at winning gunfights. Um, in terms of weapons, it has an HMG. Sadly, not the AP HMG it gets in military orders. Um, it gets a heavy flamethrower, which is nice, just for clearing guys that are coming towards it. Um, and uh, <laughs> because we're in shock army, it gets shock mines, um, yep. which are very situational about when you're going to actually use them. But, um, you know, it can come in handy, and it, it's just kind of a fluffy thing for the faction. And you get all this for a nice 68.1.5 SWC. Um, yeah. The Teak Belong was my major tag of choice in N3, but an armor wasn't as big of a deal. Uh, mm -hmm. That is the one place I'm not a big fan of it. It's not the best at cracking armor, right? It's just a normal BS... It is damage 16, but it's just a normal HMG. So it can deal with a lot of HI. You know, if your arm 4 in cover, damage 16 is still pretty good against you. Um, yep. What it doesn't want, what you don't want it to do is fight other tags. Um, but between the climbing plus um, and its 6-4 speed, I find that it's really good at getting angles on those enemy troops that aren't as tough, right? You don't make it punch into the heavy things. You get it, you know, darting around, getting those lines on the squishy pieces and just gunning them down. Um, and yes. if your opponent doesn't have a visor and doesn't have mimetism themselves, it's going to be a hard gun fight. Even something in a fire team is going to have a rough time combating it. Um, and they're great. And as you're saying, they can duo with the Montasso, which is a fairly pricey duo. It's still less than... It's about 100 points, I think, if you bring the... Um... Yeah. yeah. It is it's, 99 uh, points. Yeah. Um, to bring a Montessa and a Teak Belong, um, which is an investment. But the Montessa can keep up with the Teak Belong. The Teak Belong can keep up with the Montessa. Um, and while the Teak Belong is gunfighting up, you can get that uh, Montessa paramedic that just has a boarding shotgun up towards whatever buttons or consoles or uh, really any particularly scary close range thing that the Teak Belong doesn't want to deal with. Definitely. Um, yeah, it is it is the model more than most because of its mobility with climbing plus with the large silhouette where you get those exchanges where you've got, you know, all right, I'm rolling four dice on fifteens and if you shoot back you're rolling two dice on threes. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> and it is something that um I've put Teak Belongs just in suppression, in, in commanding areas of the field, um, mm -hmm. that even when I was forced to shoot back at, you know, in the bad range, even with a minus six, you're still hitting on nines, yep. right? Um, and in return, your opponent's now firing at suppression in cover with mimetism. Um, so if, even when you're taking bad suppressive range shots, you can still just be reliably winning and um, the nice thing about the climbing plus is a lot of tags, you know, you need to be careful where you put them, um, in terms of ARO, like you don't want to put them on top of a building cause you can't gut, they have nowhere to guts to, to get out of line of fire. But right. because of climb plus, if they're standing on top of a building 
at the edge of a building, they can fail guts backwards down the building towards your deployment zone where now your opponent can't see them. Yep. And uh, it also makes it much harder to take it out in close combat because if you're standing on the side of a building, as long as you're higher up than the top of an S2 silhouette, your opponent is going to have a real hard time getting into base-to-base. -base. Yep, exactly. So uh, they have a lot of cool tricks. Um, you just need to be careful with them. You know, there 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 are pano tags. They're only whip twelve, like a lot of pano tags, which means they are quite vulnerable to hacking. Um, but yeah, as we were saying, Shock Army has some of that hacking uh, support that can help them there. Definitely. Okay, let's teak belong down. It's what other good knockout... things do we got? We got we got the other tag, the Dragao. Yes. Um, I I spent a lot of time going back and forth between these two. Be, when we made the shift to N4 because of the way that crits and armor rolls work. Mm -hmm. And I liked the, the Dragao a lot in N3, and I like it a little bit better in N4. Yeah. Uh, burst 5, damage 16, AP is... It's just good. It's just really good. There are There is nothing that will stand up to it and last for more than a couple of orders. Even in Avatar, as long as it doesn't you know, get that lucky hit that knocks you out. Uh, you can punch through. You can pull back outside of 32 inches potentially, and give it the extra minus three for range. Well, you're at the zero, so it's only uh, three points above you instead of six. Or you mm -hmm. can just try to muscle through it and and get enough hits through to to do the damage that you need to do. Yeah, the Dragao with its hyper rapid magnetic cannon is probably one of our best you know, right up front shooting methods of dealing with, you know, tag heavy armor. Um, right. It's our, it's our only, I believe, outside of boarding shotguns, I think it's our only AP weapon that has damage above 13. Uh, there's a Ferrobach on the Orc. Oh, yes, Orc Ferrobach. And Tusser, technically, right. too. We have them. Yeah, yeah, that's um, fair. So, so I don't bring them very often. That might be why. Maybe yeah. I should consider. But, uh, and the Drow, because it's a tag, you know, you got that burst five, BS fifteen. It's it's something that kind of can operate on its own. Uh, it's you know it has its own armor and return. Uh, and I think one of the big things, and one of the big gains it got going ten four is it got a fairly substantial points drop. It's only yeah. seventy three points, yes. which for what you can do with it is quite a quite a lot. Yeah, armor eight. BTS six, it's still whip twelve, but you know that that armor eight just means it's it's tough to remove, it's tough to get the damage on, and it doesn't lose many face to face rolls in the active turn. No, um, you probably want to hide it maybe as a, you don't want it to aro maybe turn one, maybe like later in the game when the scarier guns on your opponent's side might be gone, it can stand up, um, yeah. especially because that. You know, the better range bands of that uh, hyper-rapid magnetic cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it also still has a heavy flamethrower for defense, like a lot of tags do, but uh, it's always good to mention. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's not much more to talk about the Drow. It's just, it's a gun. It's just a big, yeah. it's a, it's a big tag with a big gun on its shoulder, and that's that's its main value is punching through that heavy armor. Definitely.
Uh, I do think it's worth mentioning. I know it's been mentioned on some of the other Pano episodes, but uh, Gizmo Kit for Pano tags is at 13, whereas for most other tags, mm. it's at 11. Uh, I think Aleph and Combined both sit up on that 13 for some of their tags too. But uh, it is, you know, everything is remote presence, so you can just use the engineer. Um, I'm usually more comfortable using the engineer unless I've spent all my command tokens, but that that Fizz 13, if you're getting a Burst 2 Gizmo kit, is is pretty reasonable, especially because you'll often have a second chance at it because it has two levels of unconscious. Yep. And the other nice thing about a Gizmo kit is, especially because tags don't go unconscious, or don't go prone when they go unconscious, if your right. tag's standing somewhere, like, you know, if your Teak Belong was on a building for some reason, um, you can easily just shoot them from the ground from complete cover because... Unlike on, you don't yep. need to actually see a, a prone template. You just the the big tag standing right. there, um, which right. is nice. Okay, so I'm gonna go off so maybe what people might not always include as goods, um, but I think is good. I'm gonna go for a bit of a curveball. We'll see if you agree. I think Kerpal Singh makes my good list. Um, yeah. Only the second profile, not the chain of command. I think chain of command <laughs> Kerpal Singh. Uh, isn't very useful because chain of command on a drop troop doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. You need to be on the field already to activate it, and your drop troop's probably going at the enemy, and you don't want them to suddenly become your lieutenant because you're just going to go to lost lieutenant you know, a turn later. Right. right. Uh, the real value is his, he has the only NCO in the faction, um, yep. which you know, a lot of the time I find in my shock army list at least my lieutenant isn't using their order. They're often someone hiding. Uh, outside of Kerbal Singh, we don't have chain of command, and there's not particularly uh, lieutenant options that I want to be risking too much. Uh, so being able to use their order with NCO is huge. Um, so Kerbal Singh, what do we have? He is the named drop troop for Shock Army. Uh, mm -hmm. He is BS-13, which is you know solid on drop troop. He is Fizz-12, which isn't the best for a drop troop, but it's better than the basic drop troop, uh, which yes. are only 11. Whip-13, Arm-2. Two, uh, two. Uh, one interesting thing about him is he is CC-21 with Martial Arts 2 and uh, an EM close combat weapon, which is my favorite close combat weapon in the game because you can both shut down the big scary things and also kill them at the same time. Right. Um, it's almost like having a DA... AP close combat weapon that also immobilizes and isolates heavy infantry yes. and remotes and tags. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. So, like, the CC... His CC ability is really what makes him shine to me. Right, um, and it's it's been a long time coming. I'm pretty sure we've been waiting for him to be good at CC since his character showed up way back in N2. Yeah. Because uh, he, he sat at 19 martial arts level 1 for a very long time, which is not <laughs> enough to reliably do it. Yeah. Uh, even back then, when you could get martial arts 2, it didn't matter because martial arts 2 didn't give you any bonuses. Um, right. So, yeah. So, and, and it's interesting, right? Bog Marie have similar kit, just lower CC and not the martial and And uh, they don't have that martial arts 2, so they end up wasting their EMC CCWs, but he makes good use. Uh, and also, right. his guns, they aren't, they aren't particularly amazing guns, but they're still a solid set of tools. So he's a combi rifle, yeah. he's a light shotgun, uh, similar to, like, the Bog Marie. Um, mm -hmm. And then he has a heavy pistol, um, in case you just want that shock and a bit of extra damage. I don't usually see myself 
ever using the heavy pistol. No. Um, just because if I'm firing with an eight and want, if I'm firing with eight, eight, I'm either going to use the higher burst of the combi rifle probably, or right. I'm going to use the light shotgun uh, for the extra chance to hit. Um, and then in close combat, I find I'd prefer to use the EMCCW. Now, he is only Fizz 12, so the heavy pistol is higher damage, but uh, I'd rather force two saves. Um, I guess I guess if you're fighting someone in CC that has high BTS, then that that then you switch to the heavy pistol. Yeah, it's a you know it's it's an option to have. It yeah. bloats his points a little more. Yeah, and and that that is his main downside is he is fairly expensive. Uh, he is 32 yeah. points, um, which is by no means cheap for a one wound uh, model, but yeah. Uh, He's not he's not something that will make all my list, but he's definitely a solid piece um, that we have access to. And also because he's not making all your lists, he uh, your opponent will often not expect him. Yeah, and it's it's worth noting again that he is BS thirteen, which when you're talking about a drop troop, and I know it's a lot harder to catch somebody out of cover now. But it is possible, and it's much more likely with AD than it is with somebody running across the board. Yep. When he has those shots where he's hitting on 16s and sometimes in a model's back arc, you know, that's that's really good. Yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty much... I, I fell in love with him in a game where uh, he single-handedly dealt with an avatar. Um, nice. Just dropped in behind him, walked into CC... And then just beat him to death with the EMCCW. That's great. Um, so it's not don't don't expect him to do that every time, but you know it's moments like that that then uh, I'm sure I think he's a bit better than he probably is, but uh, he has a special place in the heart. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, next, good things. I think we can probably talk them quick. They've been covered, I assume, in other pano sectorials and vanilla. And we kind of already talked about them, which is the arm bots. So peacemakers and bulleteers, yep. they're just they're just very good remotes. Um, yes. A min minus six BS twelve that can be buffed with Evo. What's not to and like? And it's also linkable now. You That's can throw also it linkable. And... Uh, yeah. Pretty cheap linkable too. Uh, you just need to pay for the cost of a Bog Marie and a regular. I guess is probably the cheapest you can get. Um, um yeah yeah or you could even do a duo with a bog marie if you just need to drag a specialist around yeah if you just want to drag a specialist uh personally i'd often try and fit space in there for uh, the machinist that can also join with them yep. um i'm a big fan of shock army machinists because it's a machinist with mimetism in total terrain which yep what's not to like um but yeah so bulletiers great gun pieces uh we have access to one of the only Evos in the game that has a gun and can protect itself. So uh, if you choose to go that route. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is peacemakers. Uh, as you were saying before, peacemakers are a fundamental part of what makes the shock army repeater net. Uh, they have that built in repeater and also just give good board control Um I often go with the heavy shotgun because then you have a heavy shotgun and a heavy flamethrower just providing these just nasty templates that your opponent doesn't want to walk into. Right. And, and 
very well. the fact that it right right the fact that it starts so far up the table too it's you know it's not infiltration it's only eight inches but with a 6.4 model or a 6.4 para models, when you have a Drugao in your deployment zone, your opponent is often going to hunker down pretty hard, which does give you some pretty good avenues to approach with a Peacemaker. Yep. Yeah, I've definitely seen, especially on some TTS maps, uh, I've definitely had some places where my opponent kept their head down or I take out their one piece watching down a good lane and then the Peacemaker just jumps out and darts down and just fries everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. That's, that's them. Um, what would we want to talk? Do we, are we, are we at the A-lift portion of the good list now? Uh, I do want to bring up, and I know that they don't fit this place for you, but orcs for me are, uh, a, a very necessary piece in my mind for Akon in a lot of ways. And it's, okay. I think it's a little less now. Um, but the... The fact that they are a 6-2 move yep. is is a, a point in their favor. BS-14 is more than just respectable. It's it's very good. It feels respectable in Pano because we do get up to that BS-16. But BS-14 can muscle through just about anything. Um, the standout profiles for me, uh, obviously... The HMG and Feuerbach are the two big heavy weapons. They're both 1.5 SWC. Yep. And you can throw them into an Aconte Cemento regular link. And I know that without the composition bonuses, they don't get up to BS-17, but a Burst 3 BS-15 Feuerbach is a threat to 99% of what you'll see across the table, right? Yep. It's not going to punch through an Avatar super reliably, you know, if you've got a lot of ODD or minus six on the other side of the table, it'll struggle with that. But it is also armor four with two wounds, and so it can take a hit. It can be a great ARO, and it is a nice counter to the Bagmari with its MSV because it's not susceptible to white noise in the same way. Yep, and I think if you're bringing the Bagmari in the fire team uh, and losing the composition bonus anyways, uh, yep. I agree. And I. You know, if you have that extra point to make it stealth, having that stealth is always nice to have as well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think it definitely has its place. Um, I haven't used them as much lately. I used to sometimes run them more as a Harris, um, just, you know, the solid yeah. HMG as a Harris. Then you aren't really carrying out composition bonuses anyways. It's just a very, you know, that BS-14 get up to burst 5. Uh, realistically, right. the Feuerbach also. Uh, only being burst 3 is not as big of a deal when... It's just those quality hits. And as we were talking about before, Shock Army does lack in anti-armor, and Feuerbox are a fantastic anti-armor piece. Yeah. The other the other profile I really like is the, the Winter 4 multi-rifle, with, with or without bot. the tin bot. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have the point, put the tin bot on there, because it'll help protect it from hacking. But if you're playing with an aggressive Harris, you're often going to run into the situation where somebody's got a model up on top of a building that's going to be a pain to get to. Climbing Plus alleviates that problem, and a BS-14 multi-rifle on Burst 4 is a solid weapon. You know, mm -hmm. I've had games where that is my... You know, I've lost my big attack pieces, but that guy's still on the table. If I can catch somebody out of cover, he's hitting on 17s. He's still muscling through things on 14s, and it can... You know, it can be that pocket gunfighter that you really need uh, to get through at the end of the game. Yep. No, I I think they're definitely 
they're definitely solid. They're I think they're a bit maligned at times just because they're they're pretty much as basic as you yes. get in terms of you know they have no special skills. They are veterans, which is nice I guess for for classifieds, but um, yeah, they're not nothing particularly special, but they're fast. Right. They're then they hit they shoot well. Yeah, it's it's a BS fourteen gun, and that's that's exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Okay, moving on to not out of good, or sorry, were you gonna say? No, no, go ahead. Okay, um, so we will. I guess next we move on to the Alif portion of today's uh, good list, um, yeah. which I think we said earlier. Alif has a lot of good troops in Shock Army, and the first one I want to talk about is Scylla, um, who got a nice yep. tweaks and changes with the Shock Army update or gosh, Steel Phalanx update that made their way in. So right. Scylla is a very solid hacker that on her face that's what she is she's pricey um but she's a solid hacker so she's bs12 yep. with a boarding shotgun and all of her profiles which is good all of her profiles also have pitchers um which is where i think that bs12 is particularly nice because being able to lob a pitcher on a 15 is pretty solid um yeah whip 13 hacker arm two uh she's now bts6 instead of three which is a very nice improvement yeah it was um, a surprising development i am into yeah. it I was I was very happy um, because one of the things she has is she's very defensive as a hacker, um, mm -hmm. and part of that is because she has built-in ECM hacker um, with minus three, which means even before we start factoring in your opponent needing to hack you through your own repeaters, they're taking a minus three, um, right? Which is huge. Um, then we get to her actual profiles. As I said, all of them have boarding shotgun and pitcher. And then she can either have a Deva bot with her, which itself is a heavy flamethrower with ECM hacking and a repeater. So she can, you know, peripheral up moving her bot and then hack through her bot that is a repeater, possibly giving your opponent that awful choice of do I take the hack or do I eat a heavy flamethrower to the face? Yep. Um, and then now she also has the option of not bringing a bot or bringing a bot as a separate unit that is a 12-point regular order that's a heavy flamethrower, repeater, ECM hacking. Um, yeah. Which is very interesting. You know, instead of paying what we used to pay for, you know, having two bots, we can get two orders out of it and one bot that walks separately. Um, yeah. It's an interesting choice. I haven't played around with enough to really comment on it, um, but she's interesting. And then what really makes Scylla interesting beyond all of her peripherals and ECM hacking, is she is a, a special hacking device. You have a choice of either a hacking device with Trinity that has plus two damage, so damage 16 Trinity, which is fantastic for dealing with those high BTS enemy hackers, or she can take an Evo hacking device with Trinity with plus two damage. So no matter what you do, she can fight and hurt other hackers, and then you kind of just decide, am I bringing her as an Evo to buff my drop troops or more like, you know, buff my um, remotes, giving giving that bulleteer the marksmanship that you wanted, or are you bringing her as a hacker that is both filling double role as, you know, helping with those spotlights or the mobilizations while also giving the Trinity to help fight enemy hackers? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's a little expensive, but she is phenomenal. I personally find that I usually don't go for the Evo hacking device because the MuleBot is so cheap and I probably want to bring it for the 
baggage to reload her pitcher anyway. Mm. Uh, I'll typically lean toward the hacking device, but it's you know it's still an interesting option and it's it's one worth considering. I I'm in the same boat. When I at the beginning of N four, I was I would take her as the Evo, um, and just using her as a way I could buff my bot while also having her, um, being able to defend herself a bit. Um, but as 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 the seasons went on, I realized I actually prefer having the hacking device just so she can help join that hacking net in mm-hmm. spotlighting if I have a missile bot if or just even shutting down things with oblivions. Um, yeah. All right. So the Evo is nice, but at the same time, because she also is probably might be moving up the field a bit more. She's also more likely to possibly go down than your Evo bot. You know, if you're if you're hiding an Evo yeah. mule bot at the back of the field, unless your opponent really wants to allocate resources to it and hunt it down, which usually isn't you know that much value to them, that right. Evo is not going down. You're keeping your support wear up. Whereas she's much more likely to be get exposed and then you drop marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Cool. It is it is a bummer that in the Steel Failings update they did not let her join any fire teams. I yeah. I am a big fan of that option in Steel Failings, and I would I would love to be able to toss her into a fire team to to boost that burst on the pitcher, um, potentially even get her into a core team to give her six cents. But you can get that elsewhere to you know block stealth. Yeah. But yeah, she yeah. still is. You know, one of the most defensive hackers in the game. Yeah, between BTS six, you're probably getting her through a repeater and ECM. It's it's a lot. Uh, I I do agree though. I was really I was fingers I was crossing my fingers for some sort of cheeky fire team for her and her bot to jump yeah. into. Um, but that's fine. We can't have everything. She keep <laughs> keep something special for her home faction. Right. Um. I guess speaking about Alif characters, uh, we yeah. also get uh, Dart. Uh, who is quite interesting. She's another unit where she has two profiles, but I think I've only ever really taken yep. one of them. Uh, uh-huh. so she either has a submachine gun viral tactical bow EM grenades or submachine gun normal tactical bow and shock mines. Um, yep. Given how and... Shock Army has plenty of mines already, um, mm-hmm. and EM grenades are something that are very nice for helping with that armor problem that we've talked about, uh, I always go for the viral attack bow, uh, EM grenades. Absolutely. Uh, and Dart's main role for me is she's a forward deploying camo marker with MSV1, Mimetism, Climbing Plus, NWI shock immunity. Um, so her main role is hunting things, right? She's the piece that will run and get those guys on tops of roofs. If you're playing a mission where you need to hunt a lieutenant that's hiding in a building in the back, She's the one that's going to sprint past, run up, and just gun it down with her BS-13. Um, And she can take a hit in return with her NWI. Um, Yeah, absolutely. She's phenomenal. She's got enough that she can crack armor or at least be a threat to it. Um, I, you know, it's a hot take, but uh, I don't think SMGs are very good guns, personally. Uh, This is probably the only model that has the submachine gun as its main weapon that I really like. Hmm. I, I think that's fair. Um, I think I, I like SMGs. Uh, a lot of the time I like SMGs just because of the discount they give. Um, yep. But I, I, yeah, I think a lot of people 
undervalue the benefits of range. Um, uh huh. So I, I I definitely understand that, and uh, she is the one of those pieces because she's going to be getting up in close, because she's going to right. be choosing those engagements. Uh, the SMG is great, right? And, because she can tank uh, a direct template weapon because of her no wounding cap. It's, exactly. You know, it's fine. Um, and uh, you know, if someone has a bear and you sneak up behind them or they mm -hmm. run past you and it's ARO, whatever. Sometimes that viral tactical bow, you don't usually choose it, but uh, right. there, there are the situations where that viral on that tactical bow really is annoying. Uh, and then right. abnormally for a unit in Pan-O, she's not a Pan-O unit, uh, she actually has FIS-13. So those EM grenades, if you get within, you know, there's been a number of times I've been on the other side of a building or prone on top of a building. Um, spec firing an EM grenade is not a terrible prospect, especially against something like a tag. Uh, sure, you're yep. only hitting on a 10 if you're within 8, but most tags will be dodging on an 8. So, yep. and, and you know, a lot of tags, you know, two, two saves at half BTS to brick a tag is fairly solid. Especially if you're going against a yeah. Pano tag, because until they get an engineer, they can't reset. Because right. whip 12. Yeah, yeah, whip 12 is, uh, whip 12 and BTS 6 is, is hard. Yeah. Um, so she's solid. She's another. She's a our close range. One of our close range options for dealing with armor. Whereas you have the Dragao for long range dealing with armor. She's the more subtle. Um, that ace. That that sneaky. You know, guerrilla warfare uh, approach that we were talking about at the beginning. I think. Yeah, and I found that if if you can put dart in your main pool and a, a path or not. A pathfinder peacemaker in your secondary pool those two together can make a very strong alpha strike if yep. your opponent is turtling up because they start forward they can get there pretty effectively between the peacemaker speed and darts climbing plus and they are both very dangerous at close range when things are trying to hunker down and avoid long lines of sight yep um yeah and i like that second group i i'm a big fan especially if i have a dragao uh I, I've, t I've, t I've been swayed by what I call the Rob Cantrell school of artillery tags, which is having the, you know, those long range artillery tags like a Dragao that realistically probably won't spend that many orders because they're just going to shoot the things that are standing up and are going to stay back in your deployment zone in that smaller right. second pool. Um, so a lot of times if your opponent, if they're heads up, the Dragao is going to pop them down and then dark can advance. If they've kept their heads down, the Dragao doesn't need the orders, and your Peacemaker can just also advance up. Yeah. So. Um, cool. The final and thing... Then, I... uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. I was going to say, the final okay. thing we have is the Nagas. So why don't you give us what the great things about the Nagas are. Yeah, so it's, it's an expensive, slightly expensive, infiltrating skirmisher with mimetism, camouflage. They are expensive because they bring... BS-12, WIP-14, and uh, Dogged to the table. And so yeah. they are able to make that mad dash across a zone after they've been discovered, take that stray hit, and then get to the objective and put the push the button before they go down. They're, you know, I've had Nagas that have eaten up a lot of orders because you have to do that second wound to them if you want to get past them unopposed. Yeah. Um, and so they, they are just more tenacious and 
obnoxious than most other skirmishers. Yep, that's pretty much it. And uh, I know I often end up get using uh, one of the hacker profiles. Yep. Um, just because whip 14 on a hacker is really nice, especially if I'm establishing you're establishing that net. And that yep. dogged is just really annoying. Um, if your opponent walks into their net, think your net thinking they're going to just hack the one visual visible hacker you have, suddenly mm -hmm. a killer hacker Nagus hacking them. Even if they win that face to face the first time, you know the Nagus probably you know just stays dogged, and now they're needing to get into that you know hacking fight again, possibly with multiple hackers they weren't expecting. Right, right. Um, they do have a mine layer profile, uh, which I do like in OSS, but I'm not as big of a fan of in Shock Army just because. Sure. We have a lot of guys with mines already, um, and I find that if I'm paying the points for an Naga, I really want to be benefiting from that uh, specialist role. Right. Yeah, their their loadouts are pretty standard. Like many skirmishers, they got the forward observer. It's got a combi rifle. It's got mines. They've got the killer hacker and hacker, both of which have a combi rifle and mines. Um, it is notable that the hacker also brings mines. There are a number of hacker profiles, including the Dasu, if you're playing OSS, that loses the mines when it becomes the regular hacker. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a, a sniper, which has uh, two fantastic models. The older one is, is still a great model. Uh, and with the N4 update, the points cost on skirmisher snipers went down I think like three or four points on on most profiles. Yeah, I think it um, used to be thirty two ish. Yeah, and uh, it's it's not one that I would reach for very often because there are already some very good snipers. But it is you know it's it's a fun idea having a sniper up in a tower, uh, you know mid midfield looking back on your deployment zone to cover it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have done that quite a bit with post-humans and uh i've done it a couple times with crocmen but the naga is not a terrible option to do that it is still bs12 it is dogged so it's got some staying power it's also um, not the... seen all the time which right because your opponent right. might not be expecting it they might be thinking okay that midfield camo is probably a naga specialist i don't care and then right. on your turn it stands up and takes a shot from across the field um, right i know right. one thing i have i haven't tried it enough I know at some point I do want to try the sniper and have it join the regular mine layers mine in my deployment zone. So my mm -hmm. opponent needs to try and figure out which is a mine and which is the scary thing. Um, right. Not sure it's the best thing, but I'm sure it'll be at least an interesting yeah. thing to try at some point. Definitely uh, an interesting exercise. And I think you were going to talk yeah. about the final anti-armor yeah. option that they have. Yeah, so so it's still got the monofilament mine profile, which uh, has stuck around through several editions. And uh, as some other monofilament mines have disappeared, this one has stayed. And so monofilament mines, much like the name suggests, it is a, a armor zero save against damage 12. And if yep. you fail it, models off the table, which is a phenomenal solution to a tag that's getting really aggressive, yeah. right? It runs around a corner to try to discover intuitive attack with the flamethrower, and you just put down one of those, and, and now your uh, opponent is shitting bricks. Yep, or you know, you put one of them down and then get a repeater in range, and I uh, you know, yep. have to decide about, do I get let myself get hacked, or am I eating a mono mine for free? 
Um, yep. It's, you know, it's not a profile I reach for all the time. Uh, if my local starts running more tags, possibly I will. Uh, I have had some, you know, just like I've had good memories of Kerbal saying, I think I've had bad memories of my monofilament mines. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember a time where my opponent got hit by like four monofilament mines uh, and just kept passing every single one of their saves. Right. Uh, but it, it is definitely an interesting, it, it's a fairly unique tool. I Outside of the Nagas, I couldn't name another monofilament mine. I think there's one or two more. Um, uh, they're, the I think game, they're all but... in Combined Army. I think it's mm. uh, Shrouded. Uh, I don't know yes. if Malignos still have them or if they ever did, but yeah, it's it's not many. It's a it's a very rare rare piece of kit. Yeah, they they used to be sitting on uh, most of the TR bots. Most TR bots had a mono mine, and and that would actually oh, wow. put down a template that stuck around on the table. There was a oh, you know like a, was like a field of mono. Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back when. Cool. Um, yeah. I think that's the good. Uh, it was yeah. a long list of good. I think there's a lot of good things in this faction. Um, but why don't we yeah. get into the bad? Yeah, I think this one will be more interesting, too, because I think we will disagree a little bit, which okay. is more fun. Well, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I'm going to throw out probably the one that we're going to contest the most, uh, Drakios. Okay. Um, are you saying Drakios is bad, or are you saying he's not No. Bad? No, I, I would have put him at least in ugly, um, potentially in good, although I'm still on the fence about his recent changes. Okay. Uh, so, so do, do you want me to do prior... the argument for bad and you counter, or do you want me to sure okay. go for it? Go for it. Why don't you like it? Okay. So Drakios. Drakios is uh, Scylla's. I don't know the the male counterpart to Scylla, um, where she is a you know fanta- fantastic hacker. He is oh okay gunfighter in my mind. Um, yeah. So what we have? He's BS twelve. He's not good at CC anymore. He used to be, you know, CC... I think he was still CC21, but he had Martial Arts 2. He's been downgraded to only Martial Arts 1. So to me, that means I don't want to CC with him. Um, yep. Not getting the plus. He did have an EMCCW, so that was interesting. He's a specialist. He recently gained BS Attack Continuous Damage, which is a good skill, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in terms of his weapons. He has NWI, uh, no shock immunity as a Pano troop, or not Pano, uh, A-Lift troop. And then his, um, I guess, defining skill that he has is that he has Albedo. Um, and just like yeah. Scylla, he can bring a Flamer bot, but rather than being repeaters, his Flamer bots have Albedo as well. And then you have choices of either Combi Rifle Heavy Flamethrower with him or Red Fury uh, Light Flamethrower. Yep. Uh, so my my main thing with him is in this faction I don't really find a use for him. I find I will often have gunfighters I prefer over a you know Red Fury uh, or even with continuous damage, even with the flamethrowers. Uh, in this faction, he's very reminiscent to me of a Gardo de Assalto. He is only slightly cheaper, gains yeah. lo- loses a wound, loses speed loses three points of ballistic skill. Um, and it's partially because I don't value Obito very heavily. Um, I know sure. Obito can be a solid skill, um, but based on his like range bands and things like that, 
I'd expect I'd use, the way I play, I use, I'd use something like this more as a second turn piece. I'm not going to be using this guy in the first turn. And because mm -hmm. Albedo goes away by the end of turn one, um, you're paying those points for something I don't really use. And for, I think it's, so his, he ranges from 36 to 40 points. Sorry, 30, 30 if you aren't bringing a flamer bot. Which um, you're bringing a flamer bot. Which you're bringing so a banner. So, the flamer, 40, so it's yeah. 36 or 40 points, um, whereas the Guardo de Assalto is 40 or 45 points. Um, right. Now, his flamer bot is, isn't a flamer bot. It's a shotgun bot, but it also brings the utility of Eclipse Smoke. Um, yep. So that's why I think Dracius is better. He really doesn't have a purpose to me in this faction, and he's just very fragile for his points. But I'd, I'd like to hear your, your counter to that, or wh why you yeah. think he doesn't deserve to be in the naughty list. Uh, so I ran him um, a lot in N3. I ran him a couple times in N4. I have not used him yet with the update. Uh, and the biggest point against him in this update, in my mind, is that you can't bring him with two bots anymore. Uh, mm. I would often run the Red Fury with two bots, and that was for a cost of a full 45 points, which is mind-numbingly expensive mm -hmm. but what he does is something that i found the rest of the army didn't do because when i was playing him was at the height of the linked msv2 sniper okay. and when he, when he became a specialist and he's got two extra bodies moving with him the shock immunity doesn't matter or the lack of shock immunity doesn't matter very much because if there's a mine you can clear it out with a bot. Um, if there's a camo specialist and you can get eyes on it with all three of those models, you get three discover rolls against it. Granted, the bots are only whip 11, but if you're getting close enough, three dice is super likely to pass that roll on one of them. Yep. Um, and then what I would use him for is not trying to bully that big sniper. I'm trying to bully any midfield pieces, and any orders that I can pick off under the nose of the sniper. Because the the range bands on a Red Fury or Spitfire, in my mind, uh, those are my favorite range bands. Because it's very easy to underrange an HMG or a sniper, mm -hmm. and to outrange a combi rifle. And so even though he's only BS-12, even though he's got no mods... Uh, he sits on that nice range band where you can leverage those ranges to make him punch a little bit above his weight class. Um, he's not someone I would bring in every list by any means, but I did like that he could bully, he could deal with the midfield very well, and he could push a button on the way to stripping an opponent of a few orders. Then, when you're done, you don't even need to pull him all the way back into your deployment zone because you can't insulate him with his two bots. Hmm. Now that he can't have two bots, I think it's a little bit of a harder sell because I liked having the two extra bodies. I like the option of putting a model in that position where I'm going to shoot him, and if he shoots back at Dracios. I've got two flamethrowers that are hitting for free. If the model chooses to dodge, you know, he may pass, you know, it may pass the dodge, avoid the flamethrowers, but now I've got four dice from a red fury coming at it as well. And that makes sense. And him being a specialist is a big thing that he does have over the Garda. I, I, right. I'm really hoping at some point they 
revisit the Garda and just give it special yes. operative or at least a specialist profile. Um, yeah, seeing the Raptor come out just broke my heart for the Garda. <laughs> well, that and losing uh, positive range bans on uh, grenade launchers. Right. But we'll get to that when we talk about Garda. Yeah. So, okay, I, I, I can see your point. Um, so maybe he's on the line. Maybe I should put him more towards the line of the ugly. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you, you can leave him in bad. He's, yeah. you know, it's it's play style experience. It's, it's I, all. Do you know what? I think losing the bot and also to me losing that mar that one thing of the martial arts drop is a big deal for him um yeah it's it's tough though cuz oh sorry you're cutting a bit out typically you know if it's or even most infantry oh shoot sorry about that there is that go. clear enough at all yeah now you're clear now you're clear okay okay fantastic um so when when you're looking at an EMCC weapon, and he's not, he, he's significantly less good at close combat, but having the extra body with the bot means that you can get burst two. And burst two on 21s against a tag or heavy infantry that is not a C-list is a pretty good place to be. It's not ideal, but it is, I think it's a tool that not skipping over entirely yeah and that, that that's fair um okay maybe let's go to a, but he is he is expensive yeah he is expensive <laughs> yeah. um and often it's a question for me is like am i going to spend the points on him or do i want Scylla? and i find Scylla right. finds more utility in the list i um Absolutely. but let's just do a, a less contentious bad um, someone that I was sad was bad when she came out, was happy at the beginning of N4, then the fire team changes came, and now she's back to being on bad list to me, which is Flight Officer Agnes Rera, yeah. which, uh, save Agnes, uh, she exists because people got really loved her during the Defiance campaign, and she got a profile. Yeah. So, Agnes yeah, is she's just... she's got a profile. Yeah, that's it. She has a profile. To me, she's bad because there is no reason I would bring a, would bring her over a regular. She's an SMG and nanopulsor, 14 points. She's special operative. She has six cents. The problem is, yeah. and she's a wild card, which is nice, except the two of the three fire teams, one, essentially every fire team that's not a Teak Belong and a Montessa fire team, you can bring regulars. And for less than 14 points, you can bring a regular specialist that is BS-12. Um, yeah. You lose out on some BTS, but realistically, she's not. you're not really gaining anything from her. And in that regard, it's hard to, hard to justify her for me. Um, because the regular specialist that you're bringing is a, actually a real specialist, you know, paramedic or forward observer. Which means it's also being able to do, you know, more classifieds or specific Other classifieds. Things. Yeah. Um, but before yeah. that, I liked her. For you know, pre-fire team update, she was great because she was a wild card, and I had run a cheap Paris of you know her, a Bogmarie, and a Machinist because she was a cheap way to fit in that team. But now regulars can join that team. So. Yeah. I I still think there is a little bit of value in the fact that she has a nanopulsor. It is a direct template, which is rare, especially on sheet models and pano. But it is 14 points instead of 10 to 12, and so it is it is a hard sell. Yep. 
and this fire teams I would have put her in the past usually would have had a light shotgun anyways if I really wanted a template in yeah. there. So it's a tough sell. Great model. Um, yeah. Great HVT. Great extra regular that's just wearing fancy clothes, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's for Speaking our... of a, a great... Right. And speaking of a great model who uh, has a lackluster profile, Lieutenant Stephen Rao. Lieutenant Stephen Rao. Ah, uh, yes. Who yeah. can be your lieutenant for plus one command token. You want to spend 27 points on him. So why don't you uh -huh. explain who you Lieutenant know, Stephen Rao is? So so he is a Bagmari. He has all of the things that a Bagmari has. MSV1, Mimetism, number two. He is also a specialist. Yep. He has terrain total. Uh, on the face of it, that's great. He's BS12. He's all the way up to whip 14. Uh, he's got a combi rifle, decharges, assault pistol, but he is a 25 point model or a 27 point lieutenant with plus one command token who you don't want to get aggressive with, with because you don't have access to chain of command. And yep. so sending him up to do those classifieds if he's your lieutenant or if you want to do the classifieds and he's not your lieutenant, you can do it for cheaper with the forward observer. Exactly. And you know, for pretty much the exact same kit, you can get a Bogmarie Paramedic for a point cheaper if you're not going yep. to Lieutenant Option, right? Um, right. It's, it's unfortunate. The, you know, Shock Army does not... Shock Army does pretty well with named characters. He's definitely not the one. He's another one of those things that because you have other things that pretty much do the exact same thing but are cheaper or have a bit more desirable things, it's it's just not not worth it. Yeah. But fourteen is you know like unheardably high pretty much in Pano. But uh, right. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's tough. It's a it's a tough sell. Hopefully one day when Shock Army returns he'll be better. You know I have the model. Yeah. Don't ever use it. But I I used him a little bit when I needed a sixth body in my Bagmari teams in N three. Uh, I could see that making a comeback, but because the engineer, the machinist is there for so much cheaper, it's unlikely. Uh, I did have a fever dream before they they gave us the N4 update to Aconte Cemento that they were gonna, you know, he's he's called in the in the fluff. They they like talk about him as being like the pathfinder of the Bagmari unit, and I was like, oh, they could give him, you know, strategic deployment so he could be in a little Harris that's forward deployed and that would be such a cool way to to make him stand out and interesting and then they just didn't. So oh, yeah, give yeah. the Bogmarie their extra four inches again. Yeah. From, from yeah. The end. Yeah. Well we'll see. Um you know eventually hopefully they'll bring Shock Army back. Um yeah. and I'll like my other armies I'm working on that are all out of print or you know out of out of the limelight. I look forward to seeing what happens when they get the more at treatment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, I think that's the last one I had down for bad. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we discuss the ugly, which I like doing the ugly as not necessarily like terrible units, but generally I wouldn't find worth it. I'm sure there's some sort of play for them, but not something uh, I yeah. really like. So I think the first one that I'd want to talk about, which I think I switched over to partway through this, uh, is the machinist. Um, I like the machinist. I yeah. can't say that they're good. Um, specifically, the, specifically, I'm talking, you know, they're Whip 12 Engineer. That's not the best thing. We have command right. tokens for that. Um, particularly, I'm talking, though, about the Shock Army Machinists, which we briefly mentioned before, uh, which is essentially their special Bogmarie Machinist that 
uh, gains mimetism and gains train total. Um, yeah, it's a solid piece. Like realistically, I've had gunfights where it's been an active gunfighter because you know BS12 and mimetism's not half shabby. Um, yeah. Really, I'm not going to bring them unless they have a very specific purpose. You know, if I'm bringing right. the bug, if I'm bringing the more expensive shock army one, it's because they're going into fire team with a bulleteer. Um, yeah. And then normal machinist is just if I have, probably if I just just if I have a tag, uh, I don't usually yeah. worry about repairing peacemakers because they're so far up. Um, so right. as I said, not great, not bad. Uh, pretty simple, easy one to get out of the way unless you have anything else you want to add. Um, I I usually will bring it if I have remotes or a tag. Um, even even with the peacemaker because I will typically put it into a Harris that I'm going to be pushing up the table. And so having the threat of following up with the peacemaker, uh, a clever opponent will usually see that and spend the extra order to take out the peacemaker, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, I think is, is worth 18 points, especially because those 18 points are cheaper than any of the Bagmari profiles. They still keep the composition bonus if you're doing a Bagmari Harris. Yeah. And it is, you know, if if a Peacemaker gets back up that died on its attack run, uh, that that could be a real problem for your opponent yeah. in turn three. And sometimes, you, as you said, your opponent will spend orders to make sure it's dead dead. You've, and I've had times where my opponent will be like, oh, I need to kill that, otherwise you'll bring it up. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I have no intention of spending orders to bring that up. But if you want to spend orders killing it, that's yeah. that's fine by me. So that's fair. Plus, yeah. plus the gizmo kit in a link isn't bad. But yeah, if I'm not bringing remotes and tags, uh, I'm probably not bringing the machinist. No. Um, okay. Next on the ugly. Let's talk Gardo de Assalto. Fantastic. Gardo de Assalto is one of my... It's just a fun, again, a fun, weird profile. So this is a 6-2 heavy infantry, only arm 3 BTS-3. This is a quick, nimble dude. Um, BS-15, though, Fizz-14, Whip-13. So pretty solid of those stats. Um, yep. You either get a multi-rifle with a heavy flamethrower and D-charges and an Oxbot, or a Spitfire with heavy flamethrower, D-charges, and an Oxbot. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that's very unique about it, though, is the Gardo de Assalto's Oxbot. So whereas... Pretty much everywhere, well, most other places in Pano, your Oxbot's a heavy flamethrower. Um, they have a light shotgun and an Eclipse grenade launcher. This is the only form of smoke <laughs> that Pano gets. Now, it is yep. only on a BS-10 platform, and grenade launchers don't have positive range bands. Um, so you don't usually yep. want to be actively using it as a plan. Uh, however, nope. what you can do is, as the Gardo the Garda is moving up and doing its own gunfighting, you know, your Oxbot can just be moving up alongside it, and because it's a peripheral, it doesn't need to shoot the same target, just shooting, trying to get smoke off as you advance. Um, and yeah. because it can shoot it out to 24, hopefully by the time you need it, it's rolled one of those, you know, tens to hit. Right. Um, the other thing that's nice, because it's a light shotgun instead of a heavy flamethrower, you can, you know, put them both into one unit and be... A, shooting something with five or six shots, depending on which profile you went with. Yeah, definitely. Or that's, templating that, and right. shooting. That's really the place where I see the value in it. I've had too many experiences where I need to get into the armory uh, and I can't do it without 
getting that eclipse smoke down because there's too many arrows there or you know there's a missile watching the doorway or something and uh and you know you just fail that roll three times and then you run out of orders and can't do it uh, but it is, you know, it is a piece of tool. It is a tool that no one else in right. Pano gets. Uh, right, right. It was nicer when it could land it on 13s, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things things change with grenade, grenade launchers. I could go on about how I think smoke grenade, like the smoke grenade launcher grouping didn't need the, the change. Um, right. And they could have kept it to offensive, like injuring grenade launchers. Uh, likewise, I could go on about why did they do that to smoke, but not do the same thing to pitchers, but uh, yes, that's a that's a whole other thing. So the Gardner is interesting, but uh, he is fairly pricey, forty to forty-five points. Um, Spitfire is a decent gun, but again, it's one of those things you kind of wish you had the armor punching. The multi rifle is nice because it can do the armor punching, um, but it can be hard to spend forty points on a multi rifle. And as someone that plays a lot of Star Mata, it 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 just makes me sad. Because mm-hmm. it's not like if, if Gardas were special operatives, I'd yeah. probably bring them a lot more. Uh, but you know, bringing it and then looking across the field and seeing your opponent's Raptor, it's not good uh-huh. to compare across faction. Um, it is not. But, but that, at the same time, that NCO and Killer Hacker is really the, really the hard ability to, to. <laughs> the ability to get a marker state and being a specialist uh, at the cost of one ballistic skill is it's it's uh, is a bit tough. Yeah. But, I think they're good. They're 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 decent. Uh, they definitely have their places, as you were saying. They're good for clearing out armory rooms and panic rooms. Um, and you know, it's a it's a heavy infantry. It's still a veteran can do classifieds. It has randomly decharges. So again, uh, the shock army special of having extra random kit that helps you do classifieds. So yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Great. Let's get Tuser out of the way before yep. we get to the contentious one. Um, so too, sir, I was very, really hoping that the changes to steel failings would make me really want to bring this guy because I love his uh-huh. model, sweet yeah. looking dude with a sweet like, you know, suit coat type thing with the firebox uh-huh. over his shoulder, cool. Um, and realistically, the change log was the most up and roller coaster of emotions I had for reading too, sir, <laughs> because it starts with them. What did it start with? Oh, it started with them. He gained something. First, it was he gained something. Oh, yeah, it starts did... with him. It starts with him gaining mimetism. I'm like, sweet. Uh-huh. Now we have an MSV two guy with mimetism. Then it says yeah. he gains MSV one in biometric visor. At which point, I got very confused. I'm like, but but he has MSV two. Why does he need to gain MSV one? And then they took away his MSV two. Um, yep. They also took away his triangulated fire, which I was fine with when he had MSV2, because it is a very rare thing you need when you have MSV2, but yep. it is very helpful when you have MSV1 and your opponent throws smoke. Um, so, quickly, too, sir. He is a whopping BS14, which is quite strong. He has NWI with shock immunity. He has a firebox, MSV1, mimetism, BS attack shock, and a biometric visor. So he, yep. he actually does have a very solid kit. He's 39 points, which is a bunch of points, but I, I think is reasonable given he's a BS-14, MSV-1, Mimitism, Firebok, uh, yep. with, you know, one and a half wounds, 
you know, has the NWI shock immunity combo. So I think he is quite, he can be quite good. My problem with him in this faction is I have a hard time justifying him over one of our other MSV1 or Mimetism, you know, sniper units. Um, He's definitely better at the job than a number of them. Although, you know, he's only one ballistic better. Yeah, unless they're linked, which the regular sniper and the Bogmarine sniper who we were talking about before will be linked. Um, He gains durability from that second wound. But he's also, you know, for the regular sniper, he's getting closer towards that almost double cost. He's at least, he's Uh more than 50% more points. I think he's more than 50% more points also than the Bog Marine sniper. Um, Not quite, but getting close. And for me, the big thing with it is he doesn't function as an air rail piece as well. Because those guys are in that fire team, they at least get that second shot. Even if he's mm-hmm. shooting a bit better, that's fine. Uh, biometric visor to me is it's handy if you have a are really worried about impersonators, but he also doesn't have any close range weapons. Uh, right. Impersonators aren't something you're usually going to be seeing in a even zero range for a Feuerbach. Um, and other than that, he has a nano pulser and a pistol not what you want to do when you're really hunting impersonators. I also, you know, also felt a bit bad that they gave him the MSV1 biometric visor kit and they didn't even bother to give him the plus three discover that every other biometric visor gets in the game. Right, right. And um, then with Atalanta getting the uh, re-roll on discover and and him not getting it, that was, you know, just one more, one um, more strike against him. Now, I think part of it is, I think he did get some solid buffs in his home faction, Steel Phalanx, mainly because he can link now right, Steel Phalanx, right? right? Um, so, you know, we can't be too complainy about a unit we're stealing from another faction, um, but at least for the purposes of Shock Army, uh, I don't want to say he's bad. He's just, he's a hard sell. He's he's just, he's a bit ugly to me. Um, yeah. and, he, and he lost the one thing that made him unique in the faction, that being MSV2. Right. There was a brief window at the tail end of N3 where they were trying to make him relevant next to Atalanta. And the the benefit was, you know, he's the only MSV2 in Acontecimento, so he becomes worth taking. Where he had this funny skill, Marksmanship Level X. And I really wish they had gone that direction instead of the one they did. He also had Climbing Plus, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so Marksmanship Level X... It was this weird skill where uh, when you used it, it was a full order, it reduced your burst to one, but it allowed you to ignore the cover mod and gave you a plus six. And so if you shot in your positive range, he was getting up to 23, which was really cool because that suddenly gets into that martial arts territory of I'm only rolling one die, but I'm guaranteed to hit. I'm very likely to crit, and that explosive or DAAP shot becomes highly lethal. And if they had done something like that with triangulated fire, made it into a triangulated fire plus six burst one, right? Because they can do that with the parentheses. That becomes very clear, right? When you use triangulated fire, it's burst one, and you get a plus six bonus. That would be a very cool option for him, but unfortunately, they did not do that. No. I Personally, I was hoping that 
they w- I was fine if they had just gotten rid of his triangular fire and gave him back climbing prop. To yeah. be honest, like climbing plus on him was great. You could keep him safe yeah. and you'd use him as an active piece. And he does have a weapon that's good at cracking armor at range, which as we've said time and time again, isn't something shock army does uh, fantastically. So he's definitely something I will eventually start trying out more. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to play fully painted and he's definitely not a priority piece to be painted to use in the faction. Right. M- maybe I'll play him a bit more in, uh, uh, in, in when I get my phalanx going, but then again, you know, maybe he'll just be my uh, stand-in for Atalanta because Atalanta is still disgusting. Absolutely. Uh, so they even kicked him out of the um, the regiment. Right, right. He's no longer in a gamma. <laughs> he's no longer in a gamma now. He's just a steel failing sergeant, uh, which right. notably Drakios and uh, and Scylla are no longer uh, NCOs. Uh-huh. They've just become steel failing sergeants. Uh, they were sick of everyone saying. You call them NCOs, but they don't have the NCO skill. Um, right. So <laughs> instead of giving them the NCO skill, they went the other route. Yeah, unfortunately. Which, yeah. Oh my gosh, Scylla with NCO, she'd be in every list. Um, yeah. Okay. Now the the last thing I had on the ugly list that you uh, contest. So yeah. I put Akali's on here. Um, cool. Akali's are. As drop troops are fairly basic. They're BS-13, which is their big shining thing. They're only yep. Fizz-11, which means I'm probably never going to combat jump them. Even with Fair. Evo, I do not want to risk a 14. Um, yeah. And then their spread is combi rifle, boarding shotgun, spitfire, combi rifle. Now, I used to like Akali's more. They had a really cool kit in N3 where they had a combi rifle and an emitter, which isn't a great mm-hmm. weapon, but is a nice drop in behind a tag and shoot them with it and make them cry weapon. Um, yeah. I think they're good. Their main thing is they're cheap, right? The, you know, the combi rifle and boarding shotgun are 23 points, your hacker's 28, and your Spitfire's 29. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm not going to say they're bad. Um, mm-hmm. And and they, they, are, they're, they are just very plain, decent drop troops that can walk on and start shooting. Um, if you're patient enough, you really want to get them behind people, you really take advantage of that BS-13, um, but you kind of need to wait long enough for them to be able to walk on, because um, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm more risk-averse, but I do not... I, I get worried enough dropping Fizz-13 troops with uh, Evo support. A Fizz-11 is... They're they're in they're in the school with like uh, my Garudas in my ISS. I don't walk. They they're walking on. Right, right. Definitely. Um, I I agree with uh, everything I heard there. the The big difference for me is I I absolutely put these in the good. They are in my mind, uh, top tier as far as uh, parachutist troops go. And I I won't combat jump them either. Um, you know, it'd be a rare occasion that I, you know, it's like, I've only got two orders left and I have to hit the objective in the middle. I'm going to drop the hacker. Right. That's, that's about it. But Mm -hmm. the Spitfire for me, if you look at Spitfires across armies that are AD, um, I don't think there are any that hit under 30 points, except for the Akal Commando, which is at 29. And the fact that it's on a BS 13 guy is just like the orc. 
it is just a gun. But my goodness, when that gun gets in position, it is phenomenal. And the fact that when I have 14 orders in my Acontisimento list, my opponent looks at it and goes, all right, there's an AD troop. I have to prepare for that and will spend extra time and mental energy watching board edges where a peacemaker has a really good chance of being able to clear that board edge out to make the opening for the call to walk in and abuse the Spitfire range bands to pick off combi rifles, get under range of HMGs and snipers. And I've, you know, it doesn't always impact the game in a huge way, but the number of times that the Akal Commando has absolutely gutted my opponent's deployment zone, it's, it, is, it is something that I am always going to consider bringing, uh, especially the Spitfire, less so the, the combi rifle and boarding shotgun, but I still like uh, an AD combi rifle for 23 points. I, that, and that's fair. Um, I've, I think I've always had the, the Akali is always, you know, in my mind battled across my, one of my, my, my drop troop love, which is the, uh, the tiger soldier. Oh yeah. And, and you know, it's it, the cheapness in my mind. I think I might undersell sometimes it's five point difference, um, mm-hmm. for the mimetism essentially, uh, and slightly better dropping abilities, but right. Right. It, it is solid, and you know, with this current meta or current ITS seasons of we're gonna have a million classified objectives in each mission, um, mm-hmm. they can still do even the non-specialists can do a number of specialists being elite troops, uh, being medium infantry drop troops. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, probably at least on the line, like they definitely are not something that's deep in the ugly list for me. Um, right. They're just something I, 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 and I think you make reasonable points. Um, I think the combi rifle in particular can be a hard sell, um, and yeah. I don't like boarding shotgun drop troops as much anymore since the change to shotguns. Um, right. Uh, the combi rifle is a hard sell for me because honestly, if I'm just going to bring a combi rifle, I'm going to try and find the extra twelve points for pulsing. Twelve points yeah. isn't you know it's not it's not nothing, but he can bring a lot. For that twelve points, definitely. Um, but I can see the Spitfire or or even even the Hacker, depending on the mission. And you know the second yeah, second firefights on the list. I'm I am reaching for or, <laughs> for 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 the right, Akali. Right. Yeah, it is really the only thing I don't like about the profile is one they don't have a non-hacker specialist, and two they're CC sixteen and they have the points bloat of an EM close combat weapon. Yeah, that's just Seeing the EMCCW and not having anything to help with it is always right. sad. Um, it would be very cool if they had uh, stealth and a stealth EMCCW, because that would give you an opportunity to actually use it, even if it's you know still a risky shot, because you could miss. But having the opportunity to hit your opponent before they can ARO is pretty cool. Yes. Although using stealth to get a melee weapon in behind someone is is definitely a hard thing to pull off. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it would have been neat. Uh, we'll see. Uh, all, they are great models, so that is one thing right. that is definitely going for them. I can't remember which one I have on my paint desk. I think the Spitfire is the one on the rock. 
Uh, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. That so right. that's that's the one that's not on my paint desk. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I have a combi rifle, but uh, we'll Could see. Be the hacker. I have. I have. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Uh, I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a problem with my shock army collection. Um, but so I think that's the go. good, bad, and the ugly. Um, yeah. We are getting pretty long, so we can probably a lot of the other stuff though we've kind of touched on, so we can go through it. You know, the wrapping up, final thoughts. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and maybe just go through what what it is that's usually making into your lists and maybe touching on some of the fire teams because we've kind of touched on them but not very clearly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to start or you want me to take it away? Um, you can go. I've talked plenty. Cool. All right, fair enough. Uh, so for me, uh, with the fire team update, two things happened. One is because we're generally seeing fewer five-man, five-member teams, and because even when those teams are on the table, the ballistic skill is sometimes two points lower, right? Now that's not always, right? Somebody's still going to bring um, the Zayadin in a Gulam core, right? That's still going to show up and be a problem. But for the most part, BS is slightly reduced, mm -hmm. which in my mind adds huge value to things like skirmishers and especially something like dart or nagas who have bs 13 or bs 12 mimetism because you are more likely to be able to have opportunities to leverage those mods on that good bs mm -hmm. to make attacks and so there was a little while at the beginning of n4 where nagas didn't really make it into my list because I was feeling the pressure of needing to get the anti-armor in and just running out of points. Uh, midfield skirmishers were feeling a little less valuable because mines weren't as aren't as effective against heavy infantry. And so I think I think skirmishers are back into a place where I'm really happy with them. And so typically Dart and at least one Naga, probably two, most likely the forward observer and the killer hacker are going to make it into probably 75% of my lists. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the core team, the regular team is fantastic. If I want to get those bigger solo pieces, if I want to try to fit a tag, if I want to get um, uh, Gardo de Asalto in, usually I'm going to facilitate those points by reaching for the regular fire team. That'll typically have a multi-sniper, a hacker, a mine layer, a paramedic, a lieutenant, and then I'll probably bring a sixth body to be a lieutenant clone yeah um you Same could make that up. <laughs> uh, yes. yeah yeah um if i'm getting aggressive with a harris i love the idea of the spitfire being the point for that um but then also with the fire team changes i have been reaching for the composition bonus on the elite medium infantry fire team a bagmari team if you bring in the machinist can actually keep the cost down to about 120 points which is pretty expensive for a one-wound fire team. But when you have Mimetism and MSV1 and the fact that they've got number two, it's it can be such an overwhelming powerhouse that your mm. opponent can, can quickly run out of options. If you can kill a couple of SWC weapons early on, then your opponent can quickly find themselves in a position where your sniper standing on a tower in your deployment zone becomes absolutely insurmountable. Yeah. Which, you know, is, I think, worth 120 points a lot of the time. Are you talking about 120 for a Harris? No, for a core team. 
Okay. I was, okay. Okay. I was like 120 yeah, yeah, yeah. for a Harris. That, no, that doesn't sound <laughs> right for Bogmarie. They're not that expensive. No. Right. Right. No, I want that BS 15. I want, I want the whole nine yards. That's yeah. Mm. And that, that'll usually have, uh, the sniper mine layer, heavy machine gun, paramedic, uh, either the, the combi rifle or forward observer, depending on where my Lieutenant is. Uh, and then I'll put the machinist in there. Yeah. That's all. I haven't run the Bogmarie core myself. I, so I guess, I don't know if you have more to add for your usually making huh. end. So no, mine has similar. I, I often will lean towards that regular core. Uh, post fire yeah. team update, I'm a strong believer that BS12 line infantry core teams can be very solid because yes, they're cheap and get up to that 15. Um, so I'm a big fan. My regular fire team looks exactly like what you described. Um, if I'm not really worrying about my lieutenant, sometimes. I'll just have I won't even bring a fake lieutenant or I'll bring a second uh triangulated fire mine layer guy, uh, depending on uh right. how I'm feeling. Uh I've been liking since the fire team update a uh, Harris with a Bogmarie. And what that for me is often looking like um is a Bogmarie with an HMG. That's gonna be like a, my high burst active piece there, uh backed up by Sometimes a regular. Uh, oftentimes what I've been doing, though, is the Bogmarie Machinist. And then as the third piece, what I've actually been doing is bringing um, a bullet. Sometimes when I'm not bringing an Evo, I've been bringing actually a bullet here with a heavy shotgun. Uh, hmm, nice. I, I Traditionally, I've always gone Peacemakers are shotguns, Bulleteers are Spitfires. Um, mm -hmm. But realistically, I've been finding, especially with that team, having that MIM-6 and the heavy shotgun can just be a very nasty um, template deterrent for that fire team and really cover yep. that close range. You don't, I don't want my engineer dealing with the close range. He's there to fix the bulleteer. And then I have that HMG um, that's doing a lot of the gunfighting when they move up. Uh, the yep. big thing for me is I will almost always, not always, but I'd say probably about 80% of the shock army list that I make have one of the two tags in it. Um, yeah. Both the Jagao and the Tikalong are very solid and also pretty cheap. Um, and because Shock Army is a three flashbot army, you can bring those triple Fugazi. It's not punishing at all, really, to bring in a tag, uh, especially since our tags, the most expensive of our tags is 73 points. Um, it's, it's not a huge point investment. So I'll usually have one of them... Um, it sometimes depends how I'm feeling. A Dragao makes it in a lot out of necessity for armor cracking. Um, mm -hmm. My local metal seems to be shifting away, though, from heavier armor. And because of that, I've been shifting a bit to back towards the Teak Belong. Because if I'm not trying to deal with heavy armor, I much prefer the Teak Belong. It's more mobile. It hides easier. Um, and also, I just I love the model. It has a giant sword, even if I can't use it. Um, right, so that's kind right. of what's mainly making into mine. I have also played around with that Teak Long Montessa uh, duo where it fits. Uh, it's hard to fit in because it's expensive, but at least this season, depending on the mission, can be quite nasty. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me in terms of what normally makes my list. Like you, I'll usually have at minimum one Naga in terms of midfield skirmishers um, and usually a Peacemaker at least in the midfield just to give some defense. But. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah. uh, really, the the challenge becomes how do I balance my gunfighters and my hackers, right? That's that's kind of the biggest choice to make. Yeah. Um, they're not nearly as SWC starved as they were before. Oh god. Uh, right. It used to be the mine layer was half an SWC for the regulars. The forward observer was half an SWC. Uh, there were a couple um, big guns that were two SWC, and so yeah. you would find yourself running out very quickly. Now you've got oh, a little yeah. more room, but it is still it is still tough because the the regular hacker has the grenade launcher is one SWC, mm -hmm. uh, and then because you don't have smoke, you do you do need to bring the long range guns, and I find that I need at least three to feel comfortable, mm -hmm. um, which means I'm looking at probably a four and a half SWC there, and so if I bring that regular hacker. That's another one, and so there's very little room to to play. Um, so it becomes tricky to bring something like the Montessa or the Garda um, unless I am relying on that as a longer range weapon. Mm. Yeah, that, and that's 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 fair. Um, I know, despite them, I find them having a good repeater net and stuff. It can be hard to, for me to get that guided missile in, which I often will um, try to yeah. if I yeah. have enough hackers um, usually it's a question of do i have two guys that can spotlight and a killer hacker that's kind of my right. general minimum um which can be tough given that uh, yeah as you said line cheaper our line troopers cheap as a hacker but yeah it has that high swc tax yeah um but i think that's it uh shock army spawn if you get a chance to try them try them uh don't underestimate them if you go up against them yeah. and yeah that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah if you, you can't get the thoughts? models now, if you can't get the models now, Fusiliers are great regulars. Uh, Kamau are great. Uh, Bagmari, and uh, I think there are still some Akali's floating around. So see, um, see my approach because when I got into it, I got the initial starter box, but I couldn't find Bagmari. And what I went and I actually prefer as a Bagmari is Nice. Nice, yeah. what you do is they actually model wise are just Bogmarie minus one, like, you know, aquatic train pipe and yeah. sweet coats. But yeah. what you can do is, instead of painting the sweet coats as winter coats, you paint them as, like, a jungle, like, uh, like raincoat type thing. And yeah, then, that's, that's And great. then there you go. So that was my original plan. I got some Bogmarie, so I moved away from it. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking for some Bogmarie, Nice, Kamau, all those, like, medium infantry type pano guys kind of look similar uh, <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty much it uh if you don't have a good dragao just uh get something Use with a hyper cutter. rapid magnetic yeah hyper <laughs> yeah i have a friend that uses a cutter that's just what he does and i think he took off some of the fins so he looked less like a fish there you um, go <laughs> and if you don't have a teak belong no I, yeah there's plenty yeah. floating around still there, there's something. yeah yeah i i am shocked that they did actually take that box out of circulation entirely because though you know there are two great tags that are still serve you know you can use them in vanilla vanilla is still you know in production so yeah it's a bummer but it is what it is yeah um i have no final thoughts um not no one really particular i need to shout out do you have any final thoughts or shout outs you want to make no i think we uh beat the sectorial to death yep uh, it's a bit of a longer episode, but uh, that, that's sometimes needed because yeah. there's a lot to it. Anyways, um, that's all. Thank you for listening, and this has been the Whipfell Podcast. <laughs>